Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And now, it's time for Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. Welcome back. And my name's Mike Sweeney, a uh, writer uh, with Conan. I'm Jesse Gaskell, and I'm also a writer with Conan. What a coincidence. We wrote on The Conan Show. Some of us wrote on Late Night with Conan O'Brien and The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien. Yeah. And now we just write and emails that, for him to right, send to his family. Right. And live in the past, apparently. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's talk about what I did 20 years ago. Well, if you're into that, you're in the right place. Yeah, I think that's the only content that exists now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. How are you? I'm good. Yes. I uh, let's see. I have news about a new business in my neighborhood. Oh, which I always like to share I with you. Le- should we say the name of the na- neighborhood? Uh, yeah, it's Highland Park. We're in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Yes. And I was really excited to tell you about the vegan butcher shop that opened. That right. I thought would be closed by now, but it it's thriving. I thought that was well. You you made it sound like it was due to go belly up the second it opened. But it's thriving. No, there's lines out the door. That's crazy. Of like very soft looking vegans. <laughs> now, <laughs> is the staff laughing while they serve these people? Like, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, no, I think everyone's into it. Everyone's taking it's it seriously. serious. Yeah. Okay, cool. But I saw a new sign was up. Yeah. Just this morning when I was walking my dog and there's a new eatery in town. Yes. Very, just a block away from the vegan butcher. Yes. And this one is equally, uh, I, I mean, th- this one blows it, my mind as well. It shouldn't be successful. It shouldn't be successful. Therefore, it's extremely it's specific. <laughs> and the name of it is Wavy Gravy. Oh. And it is a poutine restaurant. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Poutine, and which I kind of think is almost like the neighborhood was having to give equal time. Like that is, the, they, the vegan restaurant had to have uh, its polar opposite move in, which is the exact polar opposite. Poutine. Same owners. That's the weird part. <laughs> this guy's really Doubling, covering, yeah, covering exactly. his or her bases. Hedging but, his bets. Uh, poutine. Everyone knows what poutine is, right? Yeah. Even though it's, I it's didn't like a, until a few years ago. Fries covered with gravy and right. meat. And it's a Canadian national food. Uh, yes. Uh, it just seems so specific to me. I, I isn't there cheese involved? Or oh, yeah. There's definitely it's I don't every know. I don't know. non-vegan Oh, well, food. that sounds great. <laughs> there's beeswax on it. I don't know. So are they going to, maybe the, the vegan butcher will offer vegan poutine. Vegan poutine, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they're going to have to compete. Do they add like animal squealing noises coming from the back <laughs> of, of the, the store just to... <laughs> Give it some authenticity. Some realism. Yeah. yeah, they should. Oh, this is exciting to hear how the poutines, that does sound. It's just incomprehensible to me. I don't, yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, this neighborhood has, like I said, has a, there's a vegan butcher. There's three like independent stationary stores. Right. Um, Wait, what? There's a lot of <laughs> dispensaries. And then now there's a poutine shop but there's nowhere to get a sandwich you can't <laughs> right you can't just get a sandwich but you can send an a, apology uh card saying i'm sorry we don't have a sandwich shop here in highland park yes exactly uh three stationary stories <laughs> i like three. that yeah on those the same are the block. people writing thank you notes on the same block that's and billy eilish lives in your neighborhood I that's right she grew up there or she lives there now she grew up there and she 
lived there up until very recently okay. because I had, did I tell you about how I was seeing uh, there were patrol cars ah. just two blocks away from my my house? Yeah. And I, every day on, the, on my walks, I would see these like four corners of this one intersection oh. had every, each one had an unmarked patrol car. The cops are waiting for the poutine shop to, yeah. to open. <laughs> or they love Canadian they cops. love vegan uh, meats. Yeah, so uh so I thought there cop, was some kind yeah. of drug bust happening Going like down. oh they've got to be staking out right. some major drug house. Right. Um and then I found out that no, it's Billie Eilish's house and uh, her address was revealed in the documentary that she did. Oh. And so, you know, now there's crazy people going and just wanting to... Oh, she has all these stalkers trying to... Yeah, just trying to get in. Wow. And and do God knows what. But yeah, so she's got 24-hour security. I think that she ended up having to move because of weirdos coming by her house. But her parents still live there, which is really cool. Is that weird if you're a fan of someone and you just want to go by and and let them know that you're (laughs) really, really into them? That you'll die without them? I don't see a problem with that. (laughs) That you'll die without them. And why not go out together? Uh, Yeah, but when uh, Conan had Billie Eilish on his podcast— Recently, her, her parents came yeah. in, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I think I've seen them around the neighborhood." That's is that is that true? Yeah. Did you recognize them? Mm-hmm. Her dad has a beard. Yes, I saw him. Yeah, yeah, I, they're I, they're very down to earth. They're they're cool. It was fun to watch on the monitors because towards the end, she was just kind of scrunched up in her chair. I know. She was like horizontal, kicking back. She was horizontal in the, in the chair. Yeah, but she totally relaxed, like kind of like. Oh, this has become a safe space for me. Yeah. Know? And that's when Conan She was under pounced. the covers. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was fun. And I think she even mentions in the podcast that that she moved away yeah. recently from her parents' house. So uh-huh. she lived with her parents up until wow. really recently. So you listened to the podcast. I just I did watched. Listen. I just look for her body language. That's how I tell whether a podcast is going well or not. <laughs> and right now, How's this one going? you seem very tense. No. <laughs> You're always relaxed. Well, hey, yeah, let's talk about our podcast. Enough about Conan's podcast, Ugh, please. And we had our we have our own Billy this week. Yes, Billy Eichner That's, was on the show. Yes, we were very excited to have Billy on because he's he's been a real friend of the show. He has from from way back. Yes, in his early days of doing Billy on the Street. And speaking of early days of Billy Eichner, I I didn't know that appearing on Conan was one of his first appearances on late night television. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was cool. I know. I think he was just kind of, Billy on the Street was like an internet sensation. Right. And was on True TV. Yes. I believe. And, and there might have been one network in between. In, oh, yeah. There was another Fuse, maybe. Yes, Fuse. <laughs> I forget. So you know it's going to be dicey and explosive. Uh, but um, yeah, and uh, Billy on the Street, I feel like just when that exploded, it was such a great melding of his energy mm-hmm. and the streets of New York. Well, and it was a fun advance of late night comedy too, right. like man on the street comedy. And he was doing it in a, in a even weirder way that yes, no one yes. had ever seen before. Yeah. It was, it was really great. And, you know, I think we can just talk about Billy and not even have him on <laughs> with our incredible That's insights. right. Wouldn't you rather just listen to us yes, talk about our yes, interview with yes. Billy? While ordering in some uh, vegan meats. Um, No, but since we're doing this season of Inside Conan is Conan on the Road. So we thought we had to have Billy Eichner on to talk about when he crashed the Super Bowl with the Conan crew. Yes. He and uh, Conan producer Frank Smiley also went all the way to Israel to chase Madonna. Um, And then famously Conan went on Grinder with Billy Eichner's help in a very funny remote. Yes. So Billy's the perfect fit for this season's theme of Conan on the go because we we sent Billy on the go. Conan on the road. <laughs> Conan on the go. Conan on the road. I don't know. What's the, uh, outside Conan? A inside, oh, yeah. outside, outside Hollywood. Conan. Unimportant. Maybe I... Uh, Van Nuys podcast. <laughs> I don't know where I work. <laughs> so here's Billy. Well, so Billy Eichner, welcome to Inside Conan. Thank you. You have appeared on Conan, I read, 12 times, which I think is maybe up there with the most that anyone has. (laughs) Wow. I can't, yeah, that sounds right, though. I mean, it sounds like a lot, but thinking back, 
Um, it's been over 10 years. Yeah. Conan was the Conan was the first major talk show to have me on as a guest on the couch. Oh, oh wow. This was about um this was January 2012. Right. Wow. Um, which is crazy. I didn't even put that together yeah. until right now. Yeah. Let's let's do this again for the 20th. <laughs> oh God. Um but yeah. It was 10 years ago um, and Billy on the Street had just become a TV show. We were mm. three or four weeks into our first season on a rather obscure cable network. So no one knew that it was on. Except um, for our booking team. That's right. Yeah, exactly. It was on True TV, so, right? Which technically is... Yeah, it, oh. it started on on a cable network oh, called okay. Fuse. Oh, Yes, and the first three seasons were on Fuse, and then we moved to True TV for seasons four and ah, five. Okay. But, so you, think you, you moved yeah, up first... to True TV. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You know you're in trouble. Yeah, but, you're like, well, you're um, starting here at True, right? No, we're, I'm moving up. From no, else. we were at a smaller place. <laughs> how did they? Um, how, how did Conan? Because. Was it literally like your show debuted and they saw it and were like, oh, we've got to get you on? Or had they already, were you already on their radar from your stuff, clips that have been on YouTube? I would imagine, yeah, I'd had some right. viral Billy on the Street videos on YouTube before it right. became a TV series. And they would go very viral on Twitter. And Andy Richter, the wonderful Andy Richter, was an early Billy on the Street oh. fan. Um, and I think that's how I got onto the team Coco right. radar initially. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a vivid memory. I, cause I was very hands-on with the editing of all Billy on the street things. Um, we have wonderful editors, but I uh -huh. would work with them uh -huh. side by side. And we were in post-production on one of our first season episodes. I remember this so clearly at a post-production house here in LA. And I remember getting the email from the show's publicist saying that they booked me on Conan and I could not believe it. I was oh, so wow. excited. Oh, that's great. I love um, that you remember where you were. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. I should give Andy Cohen a shout out because technically I was on his show oh. a week before, yeah. but that's like a different, it's a different right. type of thing. And I love Andy's show and I've done it a million times, but I grew up with Conan right. and, you know, that was a, a real sort of old school, mm. legit late night talk show with the desk mm. and the couch and the monologue and, and all also, of that. Also, did, so, did Andy Cohen call you to do a 10th anniversary? No. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't. He called to do the, the ball drop at uh, Times Square. <laughs> Just sneak <laughs> yeah, him some exactly. booze. They're like, we need yet another game. <laughs> we need a triumvirate. Um, right. CNN requires it. So um, uh, anyway, but yeah, it was such a huge moment for me to do Conan. And that was amazing. And, and we, we want to talk about when you first went on there, but. I, you just said something that really interested me. I, I love that you were very hands-on in the editing of Billy on the Street. Because um, it does, like the way it you cut from one thing to the other is so, to me, specific. And I think specific to you. Yeah, it has so much yeah. adrenaline. It feels like Billy is editing it. It does, <laughs> it, it does feel like you're editing it on the street as you're going. So I, yeah. I, I love that you, you know, you kind of had the final say about how any of that would go out. The editing, the editing is so, there had been a handful of times over the years leading up to the TV show of Billy on the Street when TV producers working on a, on a, you know, some late night show mm -hmm. or some pilot would call me and say, hey, we want to do a Billy on the Street video for mm -hmm. our show. And they wouldn't let me edit it because they had their own editors and who was I right. at the time? I was no one and just happy to get a gig and try to get on TV. So I would let other, I would go and shoot it and I would let other people edit it. And then I'd sit and watch what they made and I would just kick myself. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so when it came to the show, I insisted on being a part of the editing because I always had been with any of my right. videos that had you right. know, gone viral. And it just felt like, it was just part of the, as part of the process as anything else. No, I was going to say, Billy, you mentioned uh, doing Billy on the street with other 
entities, which you did end up doing for Conan. So after shortly, I think after you appeared as a guest on the couch, you went to the Super Bowl to interview yes. people about the Madonna halftime show. Yes. And that was really, really funny. I mean, and then there was a there's a whole Madonna series that you did yes. right. for Conan. Right. Yeah. Um, but it'd be nice to hear a little of how that, I mean, were you approached by people at Conan to do that? Yeah. And that remains one of my favorite things I've ever done, going to this, that uh-huh. Super Bowl segment about Madonna. And what was smart about everyone at Conan <laughs> is that not only did they ask me to do it, um, which I was like so flattered and did not see it coming at all. Um, but they let me edit it. That's great. And they, I think that's why Frank, uh, Frank Smiley, Smiley uh, who is a, a long time right. Conan producer. Um, he, he went to the Super Bowl with me. He was a producer on all of those segments. We ended up going uh, yeah. to Israel together, wow. me and Frank Smiley, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to cover to cover the opening night uh-huh. of the Madonna tour uh-huh. in Tel Aviv. Um, uh. I think Frank was just figuring out ways to go to things exactly. he wanted to do. <laughs> like cool. Yeah. I want to go to the Whaley Wall. <laughs> yeah. I want to go to the halftime show. Yes. You haven't lived until you've been with me and Frank Smiley and an all-Israeli crew in Jerusalem. <laughs> he said it was a mostly female crew in, in Jerusalem. Interesting. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. They were fantastic, yeah. Um, and then when we shot in New York, the final right. of the Madonna trilogy videos were in New York at Yankee Stadium, and it's me and Madonna yeah. together. Yeah, you met her. Unbelievable. On stage at Yankee Stadium. And for that... Uh, Team Coco and Frank let me use my New York Billy on the Street crew oh, that's great. to shoot it. Cool. Because um, I said, you know, they right. really know how to do this right. better than anyone. And and so that was very cool. And so, but for the Super Bowl, that was really incredible. They, I had done Conan right. as a guest once and I sort of came on and people didn't really know who I was. And I was ranting and raving right. and crazy. And people either thought it was like the funniest thing or the craziest thing or and a few days later, I got a call saying, hey, do you want to go do a Billy on the Street style video for us mm-hmm. at the Super Bowl? It's in Indianapolis this year. And this was 2012, 10 years ago. And they said, we have crazy access to the Super Bowl. It's like they give us amazing press passes. We can literally uh-huh. get onto the field. I'm kind of stunned that we're... we had that Well, they were, they were lying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were just trying to get us to go, okay, I'll go. Yeah, they're like, we'll scalp tickets once we're there. <laughs> no, yeah. no, but they did. We yeah. were wow. on the field. Yeah, you were. Like, it, it, it was wild. I don't know how they did that. They even got me. I mean, there was a lot that right. was cut out of the video. I, I went to all the press conferences Oh, wow. I went to, they have that stupid, like, a Super Bowl weekend. They have, like, the Celebrity Bowl where they get, like, all kind of random celebrities yeah. to play football with, with some former NFL players. So this was cut out of the video. I can't remember why. Maybe it just mm-hmm. didn't read or something. But I went to that Celebrity mm-hmm. Bowl, like, the day before the Super Bowl. And I I didn't play because I they asked me to play. And I was like, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but I, don't I die. said also... Also, calling me a celebrity, even now, but especially then, I love that you corrected stress. the non <laughs> um, guys. Please, but, not yet. But I, I didn't do that. But I did. I I watched it, and we had a crew there, and Peyton Manning played in the game. A very serious mm-hmm. man who I obviously didn't know, and again, no one knew me at the time, which mm-hmm. was actually great. Yeah, because I could just pretend I was a real sports <laughs> journalist <laughs> and then get in there <laughs> and start asking them whatever crazy pop culture stuff. I think I asked Peyton Manning, "Have you ever had <laughs> gay sex?" I'm not sure. I honestly, I think that I did. I, I wish we could like, talk yeah. to Frank and get that. Oh, we will talk gosh. to Frank and find I, out what he answered. That's what I want to know. He, I, w- I went up to Peyton Manning. I asked him, it was essentially what I did the next day right. at the Super Bowl, which was, how is the game? Any thoughts, any predictions? Are you excited right. about Madonna? And then I think I asked him, I, okay, maybe this is just in maybe my you head. Drink. some weird homoerotic <laughs> right. fantasy. Yes. But I think I asked Peyton Manning if he's ever had God. Kids. I was and really- And then he said, not yet. Nameless. He- 
any for, suggestions? I don't think for any of it he said a word to me. <laughs> he was stone-faced yeah. and did not say anything, which is probably why we didn't. He was waiting for yeah. SNL. Um, ex- exactly. He was waiting for someone bigger. Yeah. He's like, where's Dane Cook? Get me Dane Cook. How this um, impact all my endorsements. Ex- seriously. And so, and look, I don't blame him. Um, so, yeah, so... Uh, Frank said, mm-hmm. you want to go to the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. It's in Indianapolis. We have crazy access. And of course, you know, at the time, I, I had just done Conan for the first time. My show had just premiered, but no one right. really knew it was there. And I was working so hard on it. And I thought, oh my God, Conan, the Super Bowl, this right. is the biggest thing ever. I have yeah. to say yes to this. And I said yes and pretended like, oh yeah, this is a great idea. What a natural fit for me, <laughs> knowing that I know nothing yeah. about football. Um, and I mean, of course, I watch the Super Bowl like everyone, but I watch it as like a cultural event right. to tweet about, yeah. not as a sports fan. And I so I got off the phone with Frank and I thought, oh shit, what the fuck am I gonna do at the Super Bowl? Like, this is all. Like a lot of straight dudes, like really intense sports fans from all over the country. What am I going to ask them? You know, this is the opposite of what I do. And then I was like, huh, I wonder who the halftime show is this year, because that's the most pop culture oriented part of the Mm -hmm. Super Bowl. And thank God it was Madonna. And I am a massive obsessive Madonna fan since I was a kid. Um, yeah, I read and, you, Madonna uh, was your bar mitzvah theme. <laughs> or it wasn't exact. <laughs> people like to say that okay. it wasn't exactly that, <laughs> but she did factor into my bar mitzvah. Pop music, yeah. okay, was oh. the theme of my bar mitzvah. But Madonna was my number one, and there was a a kind of life size spray painted, airbrushed spray painted portrait of her in the cone bra and everything like in a garter belt and cone bra. I was, you know, it's like a birthday party for a 12 year old boy (laughs) turning into Uh, a 13 year old. I hope you still have that. I I know. I want you to turn the camera around and it's there in your living room. I don't. (laughs) Yes. I don't have it here. Um, It's part of my Peyton Manning (laughs) fantasy. Now now it's Um, Peyton Manning in the, in the cone bra. I I do. Yes, exactly. Which these days would be great for him and for everyone. Um, but I have, I, I don't have the full Madonna, but I have the head and I have one of the hands. Okay. It's in storage. It's like, it's made out of like what they used to call like, oh, foam right, right, core, right. Yeah. right. But it's, it's spray painted and has glitter on it. I mean, by the way, I was ahead of my time. This is 1991. Okay. So, um, gay kids were not coming out of the closet at 12 years old. So, you know, this was very uh, progressive for, for my sure, parents yeah. and for everyone involved. Um, anyway, I'm a massive Madonna fan. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that Madonna was the halftime show, I thought, okay, right. that's on. my in. Uh, I'm going to run around asking all of these intense Super Bowl fans only about Madonna. Like, not going to even right. touch the game yeah. at all. Now, that that kind of evolved to, oh, I'll start with asking about the game right. and then transition into asking about Madonna and that's where I'll get really passionate and worked up about it. And I pitched that to Frank. He loved it. It made a lot of sense for yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, um, that's the whole remote and it's so perfect. And it was so perfect and it was crazy. We were in Super Bowl Village for three days and it's in Indianapolis, which is, you know, a major city, but it's not right, New York City right. like I'm used to. So I was a little worried like, oh, Will there be enough people and what will the right. energy be like? Because I really feed off of that. But Super yeah. Bowl Village, no matter where the game is, they basically turn it into New York City. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> there are so many people and everyone's so excited to be there. And, and were people good being on camera? Like they came and were comfortable with the cameras being there? And- yeah, well, I would, I would, I, for, for a lot of them, I would ease them into mm-hmm. it. Like I'd be like, hey guys, like, hey bro, are you excited about the big game? And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'd be like, yeah. You excited about Madonna? And then, like, you know, a lot of them would get mad at me. <laughs> get mad. Um, one guy, one guy I remember called her, like, was like, she's an old hag. And I was like, you're old. And I, yes. like, get mad at him. I know. I kind of was shocked that somebody would call Madonna an old hag. I was like, how dare you? And this, by right, the way, this yeah. was 10 years ago. And then we did end up having crazy access where 
on the day of the Super Bowl, me and Frank and uh, Jason Chalemi the team, was the producer. Yeah, Jason. Right. Yeah, Rowie was there behind the A cam, which is the camera I'm mostly talking mm-hmm. to. And I remember, so we're on the field, and for the first quarter, I was like, "This right. is insane," because it's it's the Super Bowl. I've never been to right. an NFL game, and now I'm on the field at the Super Bowl with all of these journalists, and it's like the biggest entertainment right. event of the mm-hmm. year. And I remember thinking, oh, it's it was lit for TV, right. the mm. game. It was lit for entertainment. It was lit for a TV show. It wasn't really lit for the people watching in the stands because, of course not, because it's the right. billion people at home who are watching. So everything is produced for TV. And that was an interesting moment because I, I always thought like, oh, this is like the ultimate sporting event, which it is but it's really pop culture also. Mm-hmm. This is entertainment. This is lit for entertainment. It's like Vegas. You know, it was that. Yeah. Everyone's had hair and um, makeup, even the players. Exactly. The cheer. Yeah. I remember I went up to the cheerleaders and asked them if they right, had any right. clothes. Yeah. Um, but you're right. The, the, the vibe there is the teams are almost secondary. Honestly, mm-hmm. it felt like it felt like Dancing yeah. with the Stars yeah. on steroids yeah. in, in helmets. Really, that's what it There's felt like. There's confetti that comes out at the end? Yeah. Yes. Um, exactly. It felt like a pageant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt like a pageant. It wasn't that different than when I go see the Radio right, City right. Christmas Spectacular. Yeah. Like, West. really, it was... I found, I found that to be fascinating. And then... But I kind of had to, you know... I had to stay in character. I couldn't get overwhelmed by... Right. Being at the Super Bowl, like I had to sort of stay focused on being Billy on the street who doesn't Mm. really give a fuck Mm. about the Super Bowl and is just there to see Madonna. And it was so cool because for the Madonna halftime show, we were literally on the 50 yard line. And that was a real challenge because I'm a real (laughs) Madonna fan. I mean, I've seen so part of me was like, holy shit. I got to get in the the Madonna halftime show. And I want to watch it as a fan, but the camera's on me waiting right. for me to comment as Billy on the street. And I was like, oh, shit, I can't like fully enjoy this as a yeah. fan. I'm here to work. Yeah, right? you wanted to take <laughs> so, your shirt off and get in the in the mosh pit. Like, yeah, that was the spirit underneath. <laughs> take the shirt um, off, get camera and, makeup um, on your chest and then run into the mosh ex- pit. Exactly. <laughs> and I remember thinking, yeah, yeah. Uh, they announced her. They were like, ladies and gentlemen, Madonna. And like, I'm like freaking out, both genuinely and uh, performatively. It's nice when those freaking two correlate. <laughs> it's very rare, but yes. Um, and I'm freaking out, but I was clearly way more excited than a lot of other people there. <laughs> Including um, Madonna. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It. It wasn't right. a Madonna crowd, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, though I think her halftime show ended up being the most oh, really? watched one of all time. It's one of the ones uh, I remember um, the yeah. most of of every halftime show. It was a true mm-hmm. spectacle, and it was great. It was really fun, and Nicki Minaj was there, and CeeLo, mm-hmm. she had all these guests. Um, and that was fun. And then at the end of the game, the Giants win. That was also a crazy thing for me. Cause even though I'm right. not the biggest NFL fan in the world, the giants are my home right. team. I'm a New Yorker. You know, when I did care about football a little bit and watch football with my dad, when I was younger, right. we cared about the giants. Oh, right. Wow. So it was wild that of all years, it was like Madonna and the giants and they won. And I was like, literally like standing right near the end zone when the giants scored a touchdown. It was really wild. Um, and then at the end of the game, the Giants win, and I'm standing, like, offsides, like, you know, and just, uh, you know, looking at the camera, being like, oh, my God, the Giants won. Madonna was amazing. <laughs> and everyone's freaking out about the Giants, and there's confetti, and people are crying, and fireworks, and I'm screaming about Madonna into the <laughs> camera. And all of a sudden, people start, you know, walking right. onto the field, family members of the foot, you know, everyone who works for the teams or running onto the field, other journalists with cameras and, you know, NBC news and all the, you know, it's this freaking Super Bowl, right? And I knew in my head that I needed to just go for it. 
and work up the guts. I was like, you literally can run across the Super Bowl field right now, screaming about Madonna. And in my mind, I was like, you have to do it. But I was scared. <laughs> I was I was wondering scared. whether you were that the, get nervous with something I, like that. I knew it. I knew for comedic purposes it it right. needed to happen that I would never get this chance again. It was Madonna, like my number one. Like it, it just needed to happen, but it's a, it was scary. And then I start kind of running onto the field slowly and Rowie like who's behind the camera, but he kind of like looks at me and he gives me a nod. Uh. <laughs> right. And I remember this so vividly. And he's like, basically telling me, he was like, uh, go for it. Yeah. Do your thing. <laughs> you know, and that's, and we'll I was so you. to this day, to this day, like so appreciative of that. Like I needed right. that little kind of pep right. talk mm-hmm. in a way. And then I like took off and like, ran right to center field, like in the middle of where all the players uh-huh. are and all the NFL execs and it's confetti. And I'm screaming like, motherfuckers. <laughs> and like, just, and I'm like, Madonna was amazing. <laughs> and you ran up and to two I, players and you're like, what'd you think of Madonna? Madonna? And they yeah. had just yes, won. The, they had these, just like, finished the game. They, oh these, my God. These so two great. New York giants right. who had just won the game. They're like these huge dudes. It's like massive right. athletes who just won the Super Bowl and these grown men right. are crying and their <laughs> wives are there and their kids and all these people. And I went up to them and I was like, hey, man, great game. Congratulations. And one of them spoke to me like very genuinely. It was like, yeah, we played really hard. And like, you know, halftime, we like, we like, mm. you know, we recalibrated and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and did you see Madonna? <laughs> he just looked at me like, What? He was like, no, no I was in the locker room. No, no, we don't I watch it. He just gave you, <laughs> he felt a little room. sheepish about it. Like, uh, I was supposed oh to watch God. it. And I, I did that with a, I did that with a, cu- mm. a couple of the players. And to this day that I don't, even for me, I don't know where that Man. is. So ballsy. Well, I also, I, I know Frank Smiley absolutely was probably like, you got to run across that field. Yeah, because he loves he loves and I'm being glad. transgressive. It was amazing, and and you know, I, I I certainly wasn't looking to like disrespect no. the players in any way, but but there was part of me that was like, you know, I'm certainly the biggest Madonna right, fan at right. the Super Bowl right now. Like these are all jocks right. and sports fans, and I am going to be the voice of like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. gay Madonna yeah. fans and make make her the priority, which especially for, te- I don't know how sort of transgressive or progressive it, it would seem right now. It would still probably seem a little shocking, but things were very different 10 right. years ago yeah. than they are right now in many ways. And um, especially in terms of like gay comedians right. and a gay sensibility, being able to sort of be front and center um, like that. Um, especially on a show like Conan, it's mm-hmm. not for a gay network. It's not. It's not right. Andy Cohen. It's, right. It's a more mainstream right. thing, just for smart right. comedy fans. And and I. So I was glad that I. Oh, I did. Well, it's such a simple, you know? great um, comedy idea to be the one person of this. You know what I mean? And then the way it was just you running across that field because you're so used to seeing that after every Super Bowl. And now it's it's you doing it, and it's all about the halftime show. It's just it's. I think that's why yeah. it's so crazily memorable. Yeah, it's so joyful yeah, yeah. too. Oh, and Fr- Frank said he gave a, a fun detail. He said, uh, "You know, you had a handler, I guess, a Super Bowl handler, and mm. and he he yeah. said that the guy was like, you know, you could stand in the end zone when the game's over." But you can't run out on the field. That's the one rule. And mm-hmm. then you guys just took off. Yeah. I, was like, wow. Bye. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. I don't even I, remember that. Maybe that that actually explains why another reason why well, I was Yes, of course. But and you then know? he's I was like, Well, did you ever did you get shit about it afterwards? He said, No. Like, you know, I I it's yeah. all who was even keeping track once the game's over and there's three hundred yeah. Other people trying to shoot comedy remotes on the field. I did. I did go up to. Um, yeah. This didn't make it in because <laughs> he clearly yeah. wasn't having it. But Spike Lee, of course, oh. was on the field. Okay. When the Giants okay. won, and so of course I see Spike Lee, 
And of course, I mean, he's a genius. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for Spike Lee, of course, but I was like, Billy on the street's not going to be right. afraid of Spike Lee. <laughs> so I went right up to Spike Lee. And I actually, from what I remember, like Madonna's work mm-hmm. with Spike Lee, I know everything about Madonna, like obscure things. She had like a cameo in his movie Girl 6. So I was like, I bet Spike Lee. They're like hugely right. famous people, but also like kind of legit right. New York artists and all of that. And so I thought Spike Lee must like Madonna, right. like in my head. So when I was going up to the players, I saw Spike Lee. So I go up to Spike Lee and I'm like, I'm like, Spike Lee, Spike Lee, what'd you think of Madonna? Wasn't Madonna amazing? Thinking he would probably even understand that I'm joking. Right. You yeah. Know? <laughs> because he's yeah. A, a great filmmaker. And he looked at me and he was so <laughs> angry. <laughs> and he just looked at me and said, the Giants just won the Super Bowl. What the fuck are you asking me about Madonna for? <laughs> okay. And, I, and that's Spike Lee. Like, I was like, oh, shit. Okay. And that, I got a little yeah. scared. And I backed oh, away yeah, yeah. from that I got with the more cuddly players. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the players were just having such right. a joyful moment. They didn't, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't really phase them. I love you said, like, well, Billy on the streets would have no problem running up to Spike Lee. Like, I love that he's a, kind of a yeah. persona. He's uh, alter ego. Like, there's a difference for you it between is. the character and, right. and Billy Eichner. Definitely, yeah. but but then the the then the hardest thing, the biggest example of that was when. So then we go to Israel yeah. because the Super Bowl video, people really like that. And video. this was just then, a few months later. Now, uh, the same. Yeah, same. you guys called again and said, "What if we?" Frank wants to take mm. another trip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically, that right. Frank doesn't want to work, so. Um, so Frank's like, Madonna's opening her tour uh, in Israel, in Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. Should we go to Israel? And I said, are you insane? <laughs> I said, we're going to go to Israel. I'm a Jew, but I've never been to Israel. Oh, but wow. I, I said, what? Are you kidding? We're going to go to Israel for a two-minute comedy <laughs> bit? Yes. Those were the days, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, and so, and we did. And at that point, what happened was Madonna's whole team, manager, publicist, everyone, they had all seen the Super Bowl video. And Madonna was out promoting her new album at the time. And so they loved it. Oh, that's great. It, oh, great. Right? They loved it. And they all reached out to me telling me how much they loved it and that I Madonna had seen it. And from that moment on, her publicist said, like before the end of the year, I am getting you in a video with Madonna. She literally said, "Like over my dead body, will Madonna right. not be in a video?" It's <laughs> unbelievable. I, I follow Madonna. I follow Madonna like a hawk for decades. She right. doesn't do those things. Yeah, like it's very rare. But Madonna does have a really good sense of humor, and she likes a particular type of comedy. So it made sense. Madonna was one of the first famous Americans to talk about Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, And if you remember, Sasha plays Ali G in Madonna's music video. That's before Americans really knew who he was. Wow. Um, Before he had his Ali G show on HBO here. Um, And she'd been living in the UK, of course. And so she was familiar and she she was a very early adopter of Ricky Gervais. So she likes a- She was taking UCB classes. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. She's a real underground she a comedy hipster. Yeah. So like, I guess when you think about it that way, it kind of made sense that she would find my style amusing. Yeah. And um, it's also so positive. Still, she, I mean, it's, you love her so much. Then that's obvious. Oh, and yeah. It's, you know, if, if you're her, you're like, well, this is just heartwarming. <laughs> it was coming from a very real yeah. place. It was just sort of heightened to Billy on the street mode. But, um, so then we go to Israel, but it's the opening night of her tour. She's nervous. And understandably, she was like, I can't right, do some comedy right. bit right now. So I yeah. end up talking to her dancers and other fans and stuff. And that was fine. And then when she, her tour got to Yankee Stadium in New York, her publicist said, okay, like, you know, now she's been touring for a few months. She's ready to do a thing with you. And so basically they said, you know, show up at Yankee Stadium with your crew We'll get you backstage passes when she's rehearsing during the day on stage. And she doesn't want to script it out. And I said that to them. I said, we cannot script it Mm -hmm. out. The whole thing Mm -hmm. will die if it isn't 
its normal spontaneous thing. And a lot of celebrities, especially if you're not a comedy person, you're scared of that. You don't want to improvise, right? And so they, they said that they understood, that Madonna understood, and she said, they told me there's two points during the rehearsal um, after this song and after this other song at the end when you can run on with your crew and do your thing with her and she's going to know that you're coming, but she won't know mm-hmm. what you're going to say and she will just respond mm-hmm. accordingly. And so we did that and it was truly the most surreal thing yeah. ever for me. Also, Billy on the Street had only been on a right. year at this point, I wasn't used to dealing with celebrities like this. And even if I had been, Madonna would have always been right. like the number one, can we get her type of person. So the fact that it was happening so early, it just was also strange. And then I'm face to face with Madonna and I'm genuinely starstruck, I'm sure. Like, right. That's that was the biggest example ever of you have to somehow forget that you're starstruck yeah. because Billy on the street would still yell right. at yeah, Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> that you can't all of a sudden sort of cower. Billy on the street fan- is a sociopath, so he doesn't get nervous about it. I think yeah. everyone I mean, needs some Billy I was on like, the it's street gonna- <laughs> in their, yeah. their blood system. Yeah, I, I was like, you know, if you cower and just sort of fangirl right. out on her, A, I know Madonna enough to know that she's yeah. going to think that's lame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And B, I was like the whole, I was like the, t- the only thing that's going to make this funny is if you continue to do your thing, that even Madonna mm-hmm. isn't good enough. Yeah, yeah. And that you're angry. <laughs> Find a reason to be angry right. at her too. Right. Because she didn't do um, Vogue. Yeah. And the, <laughs> right. And so I asked her if she's going to perform Vogue that night, mm-hmm. which she said she right. yells at me, no, and she's right. not going to do Holiday. And I get yeah. really angry. <laughs> Start screaming at her. Um, anyway. Uh, it was totally wild. So then, you actually met Madonna. Have you encountered her any time since then? Well, the other thing um, for people who are interested in such things. So <laughs> her publicist at the time, who has since retired, but her publicist, who was her publicist for decades, going back to like eighties, like a virgin, like a prayer, like you know, uh, her name was Liz Rosenberg, a legendary publicist who also represented Cher and Stevie Nicks and, oh, wow. you know, all these icons, right? She was a character unto herself, Liz Rosenberg. I know so much about Madonna that I was almost more starstruck meeting <laughs> Liz Rosenberg because I've been reading about <laughs> her so awesome. many years. And I have other friends of mine, other gay friends of mine from my generation who also are obsessed with Madonna fans. And I remember like getting emails from Liz Rosenberg yeah. and being like, guys, I just got an email from Liz Rosenberg. And like all of us just like freaking out. Right? Um, it, it was the best. Um, Rosenbergers, anyway, that's what you so, call Rosenberg fans. I'm a Liz Rosenberg fangirl. I am. Um, and so... What I had said to Liz was, Liz said, I want, she was like, you know, you'll do the screaming thing and you'll scream at her or whatever you're going to do. They didn't ask me, you know, they didn't tell me what to do. They knew vaguely what I was going to do. And then she said, I really want to get you in a one-on-one interview with her after the Mm -hmm. the shouting part. Yeah. And I said, oh, okay. Um, And... While we were shooting it, we we did like the two bits where I kind of ambush her on stage, and then and then Liz was waiting around to see if Madonna would be up for the interview, the one on one, and it looked like she wasn't going to, and I was a little disappointed. Um, and then she, and then I looked at Liz. I was like, Liz, we got to make this happen. Um, <laughs> and 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 she did. And Madonna came like after she was done rehearsing the show and. We do like a one-on-one interview, and to, for all like the celebrities I've met and all the cool things I've gotten to do, this is still one of the highlights of my life because Madonna is a really cool mm. customer, you know, and she doesn't like to break. Yeah, right, and she always wants to seem like mm. she's in control, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just part of her. Like I'm a strong woman persona, which of course I love, but. Um, I know underneath it, she has a sense of humor. Otherwise, she wouldn't let me even right. do this, right? And so so I'm talking to her, and it's a pretty kind of 
cut and dry interview about her tour. And I'm like, I followed you all over. I went to the Super Bowl. I went to Israel and, and now I'm here and all these things. And I told her that in Israel, I went to the Wailing Wall. And I told her that, because, you know, when people go to the Wailing Wall, they write right. down a little prayer right. to God and they stick it in the wall. And I said, I told her, I said, <laughs> I wrote a little prayer to God. And she said, what did you write? And I said, that you would sing Vogue <laughs> on your tour. And she uh, cracked up laughing. Oh, man. Like, it, she her. couldn't like yeah she right, couldn't right. keep a straight face as hard <laughs> right. as she was trying to sort of right. not indulge me and i got her uh, and that to yeah. this day is like one of the things i am most proud of i would have like, stopped literally stopped the interview um, right there and walked away yeah. <laughs> it was amazing and i have i have a screen grab of the moment oh, that she yeah. laughs yeah and it's like i literally have it framed oh, it's one great. of my favorite things Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Well, so we'd be remiss if we did not talk about uh, your remote where you led Conan through Grinder. Oh, yeah. Which was really fun. I was there for that one, actually. I don't know if you remember me being there, but it was so fun. Also one of my favorite things I've ever done. That Truly. It was so, so funny because we had done a remote where he went on Tinder um, with Dave Franco. And then it was kind of like, I don't even remember how the idea came up for him to go on Grindr with you, Billy, but it was sort of just always assumed he was going to do it in a way. Like, I think... It was uh-huh. such an obvious idea that everyone was just like, yeah, well, that's eventually. So I remember it being on the board, but it was like grinder with Billy Eichner. Uh, like we were thinking about that's that. That's so funny. Um, so I was, yeah, everyone in my world thought I came up yeah. with the idea because it's grinder yeah. and right, it's right. so gay focused. <laughs> and, you know, again, like the Madonna clip, although the grinder one even more, when was the grinder? 2014? 20, 2015. Okay. So, Numerically, that doesn't seem that like that long ago, but culturally, yeah. in terms of LGBTQ stuff, especially in mainstream pop culture, that is a world away from where we are now. I mean, there has been such an evolution. So everyone thought that was my idea, and I said no. Conan's team came to it me was with Conan's the idea. idea. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't know Amazing. if Conan knew about Grinder, but we did introduce yeah. him to it. Yeah. And it was fantastic because in those days, I mean, even now you don't see a ton of crossover necessarily. There's a lot more visibility for like gay comedians and LGBTQ comedy and all of that. But but you don't see as much crossover between the straight comedy world and the gay comedy world. Like sometimes those are kept very separate unless we have we're sort of a member of an ensemble on a sitcom or something. But but that was what was so amazing. It was like the coming of together of two worlds and. 
I always thought Conan was always so progressive in that way. Um, and I always was really grateful for that because with Conan, it was never about sexual orientation or anything. It was about comedy. That's all it was about. Like, is this worth doing for comedic purposes? And that's part of the reason I love that grinder bit so much. Yeah. And I mean, I think for Conan, even it's like Tinder is as alien to him as right. Grinder is just because he's so far right. from being <laughs> right. on a dating app in his current life. So I think that it was sort of just like you said, it wasn't it was kind of sexually neutral, right. but he was just like an alien in this in this land. You, you know what else I think it was? Yes. Oh, on Tinder, it was so great. I, yeah. I it was kind of slow going getting getting pe women getting interested responses. in him. Yeah. And, and I think part mm -hmm. of the joke was, you know, he got a reply finally from a woman, but she was 74 and even she kind of ended up blowing him off. So. So I think I think he genuinely was excited that things were happening faster on Grinder. Yeah, he, it was a lot more action on and, Grindr. You know, I <laughs> Yep, we moved. Yeah, we moved or, and fast. just that yeah. like, you know, some people were ready to get it on with him. I think uh, who doesn't get excited about that? Regardless of gender. Oh, it was so fun. Yeah. And we put we put photos right. of him on Grinder. Nothing X-rated, but I do right. think he took his shirt off. Um, yeah. And then we did meet a man mm -hmm. for him and then reveal. And the guy didn't believe that it was real, obviously, because right. he recognized Conan. I remember behind the scenes because we wanted to go meet right. up with the guy that night. Yeah. You know, um, so I had to get on the phone with the guy and explain that this was real, that I was gay, that, you know, <laughs> right. I put Conan on Grindr, yeah. and that we were going to come together as a team to meet him and that it wasn't sketchy and we weren't trying to like right. catfish him or anything. But yeah. Right. Cause there's multiple layers of like, but we also need you to be on camera. Right. So you have to agree to sign our consent yeah. form. <laughs> yes. Right. Exactly. And, and yeah, exactly. And I had had a lot of experience with that right, as a Billy on the right. street. And, and no pressure. Just if you don't do this, we don't have an ending to this piece. But, <laughs> exactly. But, right. I said that. I was like, no right. one's having sex here. Right. Conan's not gay, but we would right. just like to come meet you and talk to you. Um, and we did. We met him in the parking <laughs> lot of a bond yes. in Burbank. Um, we probably weren't the only grinder meetup right. happening there. Who knows? No. No. Um, <laughs> And Conan and I, you guys had this van that you rented mm -hmm. for Conan and I to drive to meet the guy. And you had spray painted like portraits of Liza Minnelli and Cher and other gay icons like on the outside. Well, that of that the van, van already yeah. existed. And Conan and I really did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was just just It's his personal van. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I love that the, the guy you met up with, like, you're like, who's who's on the van? And he goes, well, that's Cher. And, but he didn't know Liza Minnelli. He didn't know Liza. And then he goes, Oh my yeah. God, I and forgot goes, about him. He, was, that, he yeah. was young. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I'm Which not that like <laughs> He was young. That's why. Yeah. It was a generation. He oh, did look. For sure. I, I forgot yeah. that you gave him a heads up, but he still seemed shocked that like there's a TV camera there. I, I, I feel like when you first meet up with him. Oh, yeah, and shocked right. that it was actually yeah. Conan. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I wouldn't know. believe um, someone if they were on a yeah. dating app saying it was a celebrity right. and they wanted to come meet. Of course I wouldn't believe that yeah. it was really Ben Affleck, for instance. <laughs> right. And we literally met him on Grindr. Like, it wasn't right? set up in advance. Yeah. Grindr didn't, right. wasn't involved. Like, corporate Grindr didn't know. No. We just, it was very organic and real. We went on Grindr. We made an account. We put up photos of Conan. and we I always love commenters who are like, uh, the whole thing's scripted. It's like, ugh. How no, we would have scripted it oh, I know. better <laughs> if we had scripted it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Billy Eichner, for joining us. Thank so you, Billy. He's so funny. Yeah, he's great. Uh, hey, guess what? We're back with listener questions. Oh, man. I miss these. That's the only reason we actually do this podcast. It is. Is for all those listener questions. Otherwise, I don't get any emails. Plus, once in a while, they compliment us. I know. And I need it. <laughs> no one else in my life ever. Oh, I, I have to get it from strangers because anyone who knows me is like, yeah, uh, sure. You're yeah. I think it it matters more from strangers, too. Oh, always. they don't. Yes. Know how much I need it. Oh, the more yeah. superficial, the better with me. <laughs> it feels objective. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, here here's a question. 
Dear Inside Conan podcast, I think everyone is familiar with the bit regarding Jordan on his role on Team Coco, but I'm curious, what does Jeff Ross, the executive producer, do on the show? <laughs> Thanks, Moshi Moshi from Tokyo. Three question marks uh, after that <laughs> question. So Toshi, or Moshi. I mean Moshi, Moshi, Moshi. Moshi, Moshi. Really wants to know, so... Yeah, and honestly, so do I. <laughs> yeah, so we're calling in the big guns to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, we didn't feel capable of answering this question right. on our own. The big gun. Yeah. David Hopping. David Hopping is assistant to Jeff Ross and right. Conan O'Brien. Yes. So we'll, next time we'll ask you what Conan does. Yes. Great. Yeah, no, but for right everybody now, everybody needs to know. We're going to start with what Jeff Ross does. <laughs> okay. I feel like anytime someone asks me what Jeff does, yeah. I just say he does it all. <laughs> He does, he does it, it all. all. There you go, Moshi. I say Deliciously he does it all. Vague. Um, I feel like any uh-huh. final decision is made by Jeff, right? Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. Um, I mean, Conan always does the bit that he has a lot of dinner reservations, which I can confirm. Because uh, you, do you make, you make those reservations. I do, and they always know exactly who he is when oh. I call. Uh-huh. It's great. Because it's only two restaurants. It's just right. right. <laughs> he knows how to do it. Yeah, I get, they, they treat me well. You know, they know me there. It's pretty do good. Do you ever make a reservation for Jeff Ross and then you take the reservation? No, but you know what? Ever since I started assisting both of them, uh-huh. my like open table and my resi account is all confused. Like Conan showed up at a restaurant uh, once. They didn't oh. have it. And then he called and he was like, you made it under Jeff Ross. Uh, <laughs> So now he knows just to go as Jeff So I always just say, you know what, if it's not Conan, it's Jeff. Was he like, they gave me a better table as Jeff. Can you imagine? (laughs) They were like, right this way, Mr. Ross. Yes. The VIP section. This Jeff Ross looks like that guy, Conan O'Brien. I will say my favorite thing is whenever I would get emails uh, meant for the comedian Jeff Ross. Oh. Jeff Ross. Yeah. For, and what kind of emails would those be? Yeah. Like, I remember once it was like some booking email and I was like, Jeff, are you doing a, uh, are you doing a, a roast? comedy show? <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I'll rake them over the coals. He's just trying something new. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Jeff Ross, the comedian, is getting, you know, mm. reservations. Oh, like, at, yeah. Right. Oh. So three guys are showing up at uh-huh. restaurants. Yeah, this is very confusing. <laughs> and what's the comedian Jeff Ross do? Do you know that? What does he no, He does comedy. I, that's right. There you go. Okay. You, you've got an answer for everything. You know, you just keep it vague. And, uh, yeah. So Jeff is kind of like the buck stops here guy. Like, it, right. Yeah. Like, he's got the final word on every business decision. Everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, if you want to raise, go talk to Jeff. Right. Oh, Real, I, I didn't know shit. that. We should, all, should, we, should we call that him That explains now? a yeah. lot. I need to book some time with Jeff. Yes. I got his calendar right here. (laughs) I've been talking to Jordan Schlansky about my raises for years and nothing's ever happened. For years? That's been a mistake. Well, you have to manage their calendars. I do. Right. Seems difficult. I've only messed up one time and I put one of Conan's podcast recordings in Jeff's calendar. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But everything's fine. Everything worked out. Yeah, that's not a bad. Yeah. That's a great episode of Jeff Ross. He's it seems great. like he'd want to know when Conan's recording a podcast anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Now I now yeah. they're just in both. Then <laughs> so that way. even when you make a mistake, you're you're doing everything right. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I'm really good at my job. Uh, you know, we're <laughs> really actually learning what David Hopping does. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did Incredible. not answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> Very The buck stops here with it. Jeff. I like that. Yeah. That's, yeah. And I, I think that helps everyone know. Do you know what I mean? That there's mm-hmm. a, a grown up Somewhere in the building. In the building. Mm-hmm. He's up in his... Yeah, or at a restaurant. But either way, he's reachable. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. I will say Jeff is the fastest texter if you text him. Oh, really? Responds, I, responds instantly. I will say... Oh, we no, say not... Jesse? I didn't have anything. I'm very impressed by that as well. And mm-hmm. I, I think that is such a great habit yeah. to have. And I envy all those. I, I feel my... You know, calendaring a text for 10 days from now is oh, also another great way to go. I get a text and like I have to throw yeah. my phone across the room. <laughs> yes, it scares I, me when I text. Oh, comes I'm through. so happy to hear that. Yeah. I am terrified because it's like, and, 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 what's this going to be? Right. right? Somebody oh, wants me yes. to do something. And then people are being funny on a group text. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. No, fuck. I and then I have to, to go workshop it. some lines yeah. and what font, you know, should I pick a funnier font or. But, and it's it, like that throws me. It's a lot of pressure. And then I go to. I have but to maybe take that's to the writer's bed. brain, and you know, if you're an exec, you have an executive producer brain. You just right. 
fire it off. Or maybe it's a low self-esteem brain. Maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's it. it. I think that's what it is. I don't think Jeff has low self-esteem. Nah, no. 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 Yeah, he has great self-esteem. He just self-esteem. fires right back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think he worries about typos or anything. Like, mm-hmm. I worry about, oh my right. God, it's a proper, I need to or put like, it in quotes. Or like, do I need quotes. to add a smiley face so the person knows I'm right. being fun? Or I'm, uh-huh. I'm referencing a title with the word the in the middle. Oh, that's lowercase, not capital. Like, oh, sure. I've got to Google that and double check. <laughs> is, is into also capitalized, you know, oh. so. Right? Yeah. There's I mean, a lot to it. Cause, yeah. Because these texts are going to live on. Right. Especially if it's the last that, one you during sent. During the lawsuit. Before you died in a car oh accident. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be happy. We both yeah, had yeah. a different dark uh, yeah. fear. <laughs> Yours are that your texts. No, but sometimes I do think yeah. about that when texts are read and uh, are subpoenaed and then read in oh, yeah. court. Oh, yes. That's terrifying to me. No, there used to be group writer, writer's group emails where I'm like, <laughs> I am not getting weighing it this on this because yeah yeah you know it's all everything's coming out eventually even if you delete it it's still there oh, it's yeah. still there yeah <laughs> actually Do our you, lawyers are here to <laughs> as your job david is there anything that's like off limits for you where you're like oh i'm not gonna pick up your dry cleaning or would you have to do something like that if you were asked? Oh, I pretty much I just say yes to yeah, I, say yes. I knew yeah. the answer to that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice of you to ask, Jesse. But I believe the answer is, I'll get it right away. I was wrong. Do you, what are Conan and Jeff's coffee orders? Oh. Uh, Conan's is just a black coffee with almond milk on the side. Okay. Jeff usually doesn't do coffee, but for a while really? he was always getting these like triple shot um like espresso drinks. Oh, that's and a he lot would of do coffee. It, like, yeah. Before a meeting, and it would really get him fired up. Oh, <laughs> oh. sell, sell, sell. Uh-huh. This is good coffees to know. for closers. Mm-hmm. But he said he used to. He doesn't now. He doesn't. He hasn't give done a it in a while. Yeah, yeah. he's like, eh. I always knew it was going to be. Now a big he's just day. into water. He's got that big jug of water. Hydrating. Hydrating. Yeah, yeah. uh huh. They have the both one with the drinking lines. water constantly. Yeah. And just peeing so constantly. So much water, so much liquid. I know. And almonds. Water and almonds. Water and almonds. That, that, that the Jeff Ross diet? That is his diet. <laughs> it, if you want to get to the top and have the buck stop with you, almonds yeah. and water. Mm-hmm. Unless you're allergic, then don't do that. But. <laughs> well, uh, that's a great caveat. Thank yeah. you, yes. David. If you're allergic to water, don't drink water. <laughs> So many follow-up questions. <laughs> is that an allergy? People being probably yeah. people allergic to everything these days. What, what's that? David? He nodded his head when you said it. Yeah, my cousin's girlfriend is allergic to, to water. water? Yeah. Oh my god! Wait, that that Sean. It really our, does sound like yeah. a lie. You can drink it, but producer. you can't touch it. What? You get Wait. like hives. You have to take a what? medication. I think she's doing that to yeah, get out yeah, of yeah, family yeah, vacations. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's doing that to get out of living. I mean, like, what could she do? I can't Wait, go outside. What right. about rain? Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Yeah, I and because there's also the issue with sweat. She can't like work out. Wait, I oh, am gonna oh, ask what? all of this to be I cut. She's allergic <laughs> to her own sweat. Yes, yeah, she can't exercise <gasps> oh, because the sweat I makes her break out in hives. I think I might have this allergy too. Yeah, I'm the- suddenly <laughs> coming down <laughs> with an allergy. <laughs> And who is this? She's married it's to your, my yeah cousin's girlfriend. Your cousin's wow. girlfriend. Oh, this this is one of those urban legends. <laughs> no, I had dinner like, with her last <laughs> month. My cousin's girlfriend. She's allergic to water. We've all got a cousin's girlfriend. Oh, somewhere. air and water. That's the worst one. <laughs> oh no. Mm-hmm. She's allergic to hydrogen coupled with oxygen or alone. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm not allergic to. <gasps> You, oh, David Hobbit. David, we can't get enough. <laughs> You're delightful. Yes. I think we're going to have you on as I think you'll be all back. the time with some more. But we, we, we need to dig deeper into. We need more questions about David and what yeah, he does. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll write some. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> probe into the darker. You must have. Well, we'll, we'll get into it. <laughs> well, yeah, you can send us questions. Please Ugh. do. We really do love you it. You do these great segues to sum things up, and then I just go off like <laughs> I'm like a fucking truck that's dumping stuff off the back. You think I'm just they doing this at random? Ma- yeah, no, and I, I, uh, uh, yes, go ahead, Jesse. Please send us your questions. You can email us if you're scared of talking on the phone like we are. Yes. InsideConanPod at gmail.com. Or if you're more of a Jeff Ross type, you can call us, leave a voicemail at 323-209-1079. Beautifully done. The buck stops with you. The buck stops here. It should. Oh, and if you like the show, 
You can support us by rating Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast on iTunes and leaving us a review. It seems like a lot of homework in. we're giving viewers. <laughs> I, I ju- I'm not Do pressuring. The work. This is all coming from Jesse. I just, you listening is enough for me. Yes, and, and send us, do 10 push-ups and... There you go. Send us... And in return, well, we love you. Yeah, we love you. Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like best. It's the Conan Show. Put on your hat, it's the Conan Show. Try on some spats, you're gonna have a laugh. Give birth to a calf, it's Conan! This has been a Team Coco production. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. Bada ba ba ba